Friends, welcome to Free to Love, Transforming Pain to Peace. And I am your host, Joseph Carlson. And I'd like to take a moment here at the outset to briefly unpack the heart and vision of this podcast. Our heart's desire is for you to experience increasing levels of freedom and to become a more loving person as you relate to yourself, God, others, and the world. Now, the vision of this podcast is to invite you to take the next step in your healing journey, whatever that may be. This series of conversations explores crucial stepping stones in the practical path towards healing from past pain, developing healthier coping and communication skills, and ultimately unleashing you to discover the unique ways your story of pain can be transformed into a gift that invites and inspires others to pursue health and healing. In this first conversation, I'm joined by my two co-hosts and conversation partners as we seek to answer the why behind this podcast by naming the cultural and relational crisis we all face, sharing briefly from our own stories and introducing the framework that will undergird this season as we explore the healing journey together. Jeff Rinke is one of my co-hosts, conversation partners and dear friends. He's been a mentor for a number of years and he's been the marriage and family pastor at North Coast Calvary Chapel and the founder and co-executive director of the relationship resource with his wife, Robin. He graduated from Trinity Graduate School of Theology and Azusa Pacific University with a master's in family therapy and has got 26 years of counseling and pastoral experience at North Coast Calvary Chapel. Jeff is our visionary and wise man who developed the curriculum that guides us through this season. His generosity of spirit, depth of insight, and largeness of heart is a gift to many. Jennifer All, our other co-host and conversation partner, is a graduate of Fuller Theological Seminary with a Master's of Divinity and has been in pastoral ministry for over 17 years, serving as lead pastor, youth pastor, women's teaching pastor, and most recently as the head of the healing and growth ministries here at North Coast Calvary Chapel, where she partners with Jeff and our counseling center. She is married to Lance, who shares a private practice with Robin Rinke. Her passion for empowering people and communities to flourish in freedom is matched by her sensitivity and keen ability to see to the heart of the matter. And I'm Joseph Carlson, as I've already said. I served in various ministry contexts for close to 10 years, and after seven wonderful years on staff at North Coast Calvary Chapel, I now serve as the editor-in-chief for Nations Media, We're a faith-based company committed to elevating and broadcasting stories of hope and transformation in the world. I also graduated from Fuller Theological Seminary with an MDiv and am privileged to serve as a group facilitator in our men's skills program and am perhaps most qualified by my own journey of brokenness. So friends, thank you for tuning in. We are delighted to have you join us. So welcome to the first episode of Free to Love, Transforming Pain to Peace. We hope you enjoy today's episode. I think we should take a moment. It'd be great if we could just uh, let the listeners know a little bit about who you are, where you're coming from. Um, So just kind of really briefly, uh, we'll start with you, Jeff, but what's, what's your story? Um, What's your, what do you do for work in the world? What's the experience that you bring to, to this topic? And uh, yeah. Yeah. uh, Well, Gosh, I can't believe I've been here at North Coast Calvary Chapel for going on 26 years and 
been the marriage and family pastor for the last 20 years, and it's been uh, quite a journey. Um, and I feel so honored and privileged that I get to sit in the sacred place with people in their pain and helping them, helping them walk through um, with God's power and his spirit and his truth to help them walk through a, a journey of healing and transformation. So, and part of that has to do with my own story and my own journey of transformation. And as I look back at, you know, uh, my 40, 45 years as a believer, I've had many conversion experiences and mm-hmm. my, you know, coming to know Christ, uh, the senior, my senior year at USC in a small little Bible study, I had a powerful, powerful encounter with Jesus and uh, God just had awakened me to his presence and his grace. And, and, uh, and I've had multiple uh, conversion experiences or encounters with God. And I would say probably a major moment in my life of deep grief and loss was about 14 years ago. Um, and having to face the fact that I've had some uh, addictions that I, that I tried to white knuckle and wasn't able to handle, but God brought it to the forefront. I know we'll kind of unpack that in the podcast yeah. to come, but, but I think it was what I call grace disguise. It was like a ra- strangely wrapped gift that a moment of deep darkness and pain and despair became actually the doorway into God's grace and understanding the depths of his love for me and, and truly experiencing freedom in my life. And out of that was kind of the motivating factor that has, has propelled me into what we're doing, what we've been doing and seeing, we're just seeing, um, we're really seeing a, an awakening and we're seeing a transformational uh, healing process has been going on in so many people's lives. So it's been encouraging to see out of my pain, out of my brokenness, to see that God is really on the move. Mm-hmm. Thanks for thanks for that, Jeff, and for including uh, your vulnerability that, you know, hey, we're all here. Um, we're, we, we're all here as broken people trying to learn how to live with our brokenness um, on the journey of healing. And Jen, what's a, a bit of your background? My background so I have loved the Lord as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I was that kid who walked around talking to him, probably looked like I was talking to an imaginary friend, but um, I just have, a, I'm the product of a beautiful legacy of a lot of people who love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's been just an amazing, prevenient grace blessing in my life. Uh, but... I still battled depression, still battled all sorts of things because life is hard. Mm -hmm. Junior high is hard. (laughs) All sorts of lies come in and comparison and all sorts of things, right? Um, But I did know that that Jesus loved me from a very early age, and I knew that I wanted to live my life for him. I just didn't know what that looked like. And so when I was um, exploring... um, When I was in undergrad, that's when I just received that call into full-time ministry. So um, I went to you know, graduate school, MDiv, the whole route, um, knew I was, um, called to pastor and it's, um, is a joy and a privilege. Like Jeff said, like you get to walk with people into sacred spaces and to be with someone, um, be with a family as they're surrounding their loved one on their deathbed. That is sacred ground. That is holy ground. And, and then you also get to be there um, when people 
bring home their babies. You get to be there on their wedding day. You get to walk through these highs and lows, these sacred moments of people's lives. And and you're also invited into people's pain and to walk with people in the really dark valleys um, is a, it is a humble, just privilege that is um, something I don't take for granted. And so I've gotten to do that. I've been in full-time ministry for what, 17 years. And um, I've been married for 15 years um, to a man that we started ministry together. We, we were both pastors and then uh, he's now a therapist. So we, I feel like we do the... Um, because my background was psychology as well. That's what I studied. And so I feel like we are coming like two sides of the same coin. We come at the same stuff from two different angles, but it's all about healing, hope, and freedom. That is what gets me up in the morning is healing, hope, freedom. Um, but my own journey, um, I've been through, yes, it sounded like roses growing up, right? It sounded really nice, but, um, but I, uh, total, I, I was, uh, in, in college, I went through my own trauma and, had to experience that and all the shame and the lies that the enemy uses through trauma and how that affected my marriage, how that affected me as a person, my relationship with Jesus, all of those things. I had to wrestle with all of those things. And I'm still, there's still days where I'm wrestling and walking through that healing journey. Um, uh, man, there's, so much hope and so much freedom. And I really care about helping others not live as prisoners of war from what they've been through. And I think that the gospel gets thrown around as this like band-aid, but I think um, I feel really passionate about helping people connect the dots between what Jesus, who he is, who God is and how it actually ministers to our pain that actually sets us free. It's not a Band-Aid. It is transformation. And it's powerful. And it changes everything. So that's there's my little bio for you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Man, I love both of uh, a couple of things I heard in both of you guys' story was, one, you've got a deep awareness of of your own story and the importance of knowing your story. And I hear you um, not living in the past, but also not denying the impact of the past. And I really appreciate that it's something that uh, you you don't carry it around as a weight, but we've begun to see it transformed into the gift, right? Um, The wound becomes the gift if you, if you say yes to the healing journey. And I know that's, I'm, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, uh, I'm a few steps behind you guys, I'd say. I'm a little bit newer to the healing journey, but you know, some of my own background really quickly, I also am the product of some really wonderful people who love Jesus. And so, you know, it's the Christianity is the water that I was born into. Prayed the prayer at five and, you know, as a pretty good church kid, um, on the surface for man, most of my life up th- through high school. Um, you know, a little youth group rock star in a lot of ways, worship leader, all this sort of stuff. But at the same time, I can see more clearly now too, there was actually, there was a, you know, this other side of me that was, um, I was carrying around the entire time, you know, there's a a lot of shame, you know, some family trauma and that I hadn't, I wasn't really aware of that I hadn't processed. And man, I'm tempted sometimes to look back at that and just, uh, and to grieve how long I went without really addressing some of the deep roots of my pain and my brokenness and some of my own coping. I mean, 
I'm well versed in all sorts of coping mechanisms. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I've got, yeah, I've experienced, uh, some, some trauma as well. Also, you know, addiction is a, is a part of my story. Substance abuse is a part of my story. Mental illness is a part of my story as well. And so, uh, learning to not be ashamed of that, to not hide that, but, um, to positively, positively welcome that into, uh, my life and to care for it. So that's a little bit about me and what brings me to this podcast and has me excited because like you guys, I have experienced some degree of healing and freedom and restoration. And I've got to work with people and see that happen in their lives as well. So there, there is hope. It's a great hope, I yeah. think, that brings all three of us to this, uh, this table of conversation today, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and the thing is, we have, to, we have to be very clear, we never arrive so right. it's not like there's a final destination until <laughs> Jesus comes Wait, back. Wait, what? Oh. Yeah. However, there is freedom. And I think that's why we're here to testify and to bring stories in as that God has uh, in his spirit and his grace and through his death has provided a way for us to experience the freedom to love mm-hmm. and to become more loving people on the journey. And we have we have uh, definite obstacles and deficiencies and disabilities that we're ha- we're going to have to navigate through this journey of learning to love well. Mm-hmm. But to be completely human and love Jesus, what does that look like? Yeah, because it's not like I love that we haven't arrived, and it's not like oh, done, packaged up. Like mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. we, now that we're all better, now we can do all these things for Jesus. It doesn't work like that. It's like no. the whole simultaneous mm-hmm. brokenness with. The holiness of mm-hmm. um, forgiveness and grace, and walking it together, and just in your utter brokenness, loving Jesus and and pursuing Him. What does that look like? I think um, that's community. That's one of the gifts of community yeah, right. and doing mm-hmm. life together. That we get to do this together, right? Love and it. I think this the the journey of transformation. I've heard it said is really the journey from your head into your heart. Mm-hmm. And as you're sharing, Joseph, we're we have a lot of knowledge and understanding. Uh, however, the transformation process is when it begins to embody us, when we begin to, it begins to fill us, and we begin, begin to live that reality and that truth and that freedom from the inside out. And that's the journey we're all on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautifully said, Jeff. Um, so it's, it's brokenness and it's hope that brings us here. It's uh, a love for Jesus and a firm, unwavering conviction that hey, we're not the ones that do the healing. Uh, we have to participate in the healing journey. We have to do the work, but ultimately um, it's Christ who transforms us, right? From the inside out. That's not something that we can do ourselves. But the, the other thing that brings us to this podcast and the reason why it exists is because, um, man, we're in a moment of crisis, a moment of cultural crisis. And I'm not just talking about COVID, you know, that's 20 months in or something like that to navigating all of... The fall, all the stress and anxiety and the fallout of, of that. But we're in a relational crisis too. And we're seeing that inside of the church. We're seeing that outside of the church. It's really everywhere we look. And so I, I'd love to try and define the problem a little bit for our listeners. I'm sure intuitively they actually all know. And listening to, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you are experiencing some level of crisis or brokenness in your, in your life. And you're looking for encouragement. You're looking for hope. You're looking for um, 
empowerment, you know, tools and, and knowledge. And that's what we hope to bring through this podcast is not only our own stories and reflections, um, not on, only teachings and insight, but also um, some next steps to be able to get everybody plugged into the healing journey. But so what is the, uh, help me define this guys. What's the crisis that you see us going through right now? Well, um, from, you know, from a kingdom of God perspective, um, and, and really anchoring as we move forward in our own growth. And as we want to share in this podcast is that we want to anchor this, uh, what we're seeing in the chaos and, and, uh, cultural, um, trauma we're seeing is that we want to anchor this in the hope of Jesus and anchor it in the truth that there is what we believe there is a divine disruption, that God is in the midst of the chaos of, of the disruption of the fragmentation of the isolation, that God is in the midst of that because God's a good God. So yeah, um, we at, at North Coast Calvary Chapel and overseeing the pastoral counseling team here, uh, we have 12 pastoral counselors and then, um, Jen, Jen's husband, Lance, partners with my wife, Robin, and they oversee the Restoration Therapy Center here in Carlsbad. And they have, they have about 12 therapists, mm-hmm. restoration therapists. And we are all experiencing a tsunami of, of a crisis. We, we do not have the capacity to meet the demands in the counseling in the, in the counseling realm, so so it, we're just seeing from a cultural standpoint is that every therapist, every counselor that we talk to is there's a waiting list, so that gives us some evidence that there's not only we see a um, a pandemic of health issue, physical health, but we're seeing a pandemic of mental health, of emotional disruption and chaos. And through the times, through this time, is people are having to face with undealt crisis from their past that they've been able to cope with, but they've never really dealt with. So, so there's there's really two ways that we can look at this. We can look at this from a strictly a cultural perspective, which can lead us into a greater sense of despair and and that of fear and anxiety, or we can integrate that into the reality of God's foundation of his purpose, of his passion that uses pain as a trans, as a transformational agent to discover freedom and discover his, his peace and discover his, his joy. And I think one of the premises that I believe so strongly of why we're doing this podcast is that we all want to see, we all want to see revival in the church. I mean, we've been involved, all of us, we've been, I've been involved in the church for 40 some years. So I love the church, but I see, I see the deficiency in the Western church as well. But I really believe that if we're going to see what I call relational revival, it needs to be preceded by relational brokenness. And I think that's one of the premises of why we're here. Yeah. 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 Cause I think, um, this season, everything coming to a head politically, the division throughout the nation, the world, the what's happening with social media and the effects that it's having, the as well as the pandemic. All these things, I think what Jeff is, what you've noticed, what you're talking about, what I've noticed is um, people may have been able to 
um, functionally sweep things under the rug <laughs> for a long time, but they it's coming to a head. These things can't stay buried anymore, and they're coming out, and people are realizing that their coping is no longer working, um, and they don't have any more escape routes. So they're not having to deal with things, or things are coming up, and they're realizing they need help. Um, I'm We're seeing a lot of loneliness, um, a lot of people who, even if they're in even if they're married and even if they're in families, they're feeling alone and isolated, misunderstood. Um, and it's interesting too with, I work a lot with younger adults, young people, and um, it's crazy because social media is supposed to connect people, but it's not. And I think, I think that's, you know, more well known now that it is actually a, a tool for isolation. Um, but the effect that that, the, the ripple effect of that is that when people are trying to get into a relationship, when they are trying to date and build community, they don't have the relational skills to do that in a healthy way. So that's feeding into this crisis moment is that people are hungry for others and they don't have the skill set to actually form these relationships with each other. So there's this preemptive component as well as a reactive component. And man, my heart goes out to them. So I'm like, oh gosh. And and there's a lot of pop theology, pop psychology going on right now too. Um, I hear phrases about toxic relationships and just cut people off. A lot of that is thrown around um, willy-nilly out there. And so that's also breeding this unhealthy um, way to cope instead of actually addressing and working through a restoration process in your own heart, in your own lives and with others around us, we are just calling things toxic and cutting people off and doing it in the name of that's healthy. And oh my gosh, like that's, I feel like it's all part of the cultural moment that we're in. That's so well said from both of you guys. A couple of the things that I'm hearing, um, in that is uh, Jeff, you identified that a longing for renewal and revival in the church, which is a a value all of us share because there's clear deficiencies, right? And one of the, one of the failures of the Western church and Western Christianity in general is that it's a very head-based, very analytical, um, very, yeah, knowledge oriented rather than embodied experiential relational. It's, it's susceptible to hyper-individualism, to the consumerism that we see. It's a choose your own adventure. And that's some of what I hear you saying, Jen, is that, hey, a lot of, there's deep pain and deep brokenness in families. Um, There's relational trauma, there's addictions. I mean, if you look at, you know, both Barna and both Pew, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. It's it's pretty remarkable to see the increase in uh, between generations, and then also just in the last couple of years, the increase in addiction, the increase in um, suicide, the addic- you know the increase of depression and anxiety. So it is a pandemic of emotional and spiritual crisis. Yes, anxiety is through the roof. Yeah. Every like it's just everywhere I look, people are um, struggling with with anxiety, mm-hmm. and usually anxiety likes to bring friends with it. And so if you're struggling with anxiety, usually you're struggling with a few other things as well. And it affects your relationships. It affects your self-worth. It affects a lot of things. And so um, I know I've been seeing that. Yeah. Jeff, a a term that you've used as we've been talking about this and amongst ourselves is collective trauma. Mm -hmm. Could you unpack that a little bit and how you think that applies to 
characteristics you can you know you can Google to to really identify what trauma is and what 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 uh, what we're calling cultural trauma. And there's a few uh, characteristics. The first one is polarization. And so trauma really is the manifestation of in in our internally how we have polarized. We've turned against ourselves. So that's what pain, internal pain, is we're, we're fighting in ourselves with a sense of whether it's an identity issue, whether it has to do with our sense of value issue. So we're seeing this inner polarization within ourselves. You know, Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 7, you know, about the things I want to do that I don't do. And so we're just seeing this heightened sense of inner warfare, of polarization, which is inner individual trauma, which is now being manifested culturally. It's collectively. The second characteristic is that of isolation. So what do we do when we're experiencing pain? Well, a lot of us, we just want to isolate. We, we want to hide. We want to escape. Uh, we want to avoid. And that's our natural, distinct, our natural instinctive response. One of our natural instinctive response is to withdraw, to isolate, or we're going to get angry, yeah. right? Yeah. So this is our way we deal with our pain. But isolation, as you, you address, Jen, is off the roof. People are so... And part of it, culturally, is we've been forced to. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. we've been forced to have to isolate. And we've had to wear masks. We've had to... And there's no consistency in that. There's no sense of normalcy in it. We're just living in this, this place of ambiguity of how we're not... What's the next... What's the next kind of mandate, the you know, government mandate? And so that is going to enhance and increase our sense of the cultural trauma of isolation. And then the third characteristic is that of fragmentation. So not only personal fragmentation, but it's like I just think about if you took a rock and you threw it in a mirror, it would just shatter the mirror. And you look in that mirror is that's what really fragmentation is. It's like you just you cannot there's it's there's no clarity there's no uh, sense of, of um, understanding of who we are. So that sense of profound fragmented fragmentation, what we're experiencing personally is now leaked out into our culture. And then the last one is numbness. Is So if we're not going to, we go to isolation and we go to numbness. And I think that's where, Joseph, we talked about, and I think we've all dealt with the sense of addiction, is that really... Addiction is is one of the most. I think it's the most predominant characteristic of our culture today. Mm-hmm. Is in all different shapes and forms. There's soft addiction. There's, yeah, yeah. but we're seeing this profound increase of in our pain and how we deal with our pain is compulsive, acute and chronic compulsive behavior. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty radical. Just those characteristics is it makes a lot of sense where we find ourselves yeah. today. I love that you used, you know, say we, we kind of live in a culture of addiction in a lot of ways. Uh, there's a lot of stigma and there's a lot of confusion around the term addiction. Um, but I think what I hear you saying is identifying, yeah, compulsive, impulsive, compulsive behaviors, oftentimes that escalate right in their destructiveness and they escalate in, um, alienating us from other people, um, deepening that fragmentation. You know, I mean, it's easy to think of, okay, you know, 
AA exposed, you know, the, the pervasiveness of, um, alcohol addiction, you know, obviously there's a crisis of an opioid epidemic, which is taking, yes, you know, right. over a hundred thousand oh people a year are dying control. right now. Right. So it's easy to think of those ones, but there's also behavioral addictions, right? And that's one of those things, those automatic negative thoughts that happen, right? Technology addiction is probably the biggest one, but also an increasing addiction to, uh, to politics, actually, right? As, as there's been this uh, vacuum that the church has left of healthy, integrated spirituality, uh, people have increasingly identified with politics as the primary way to solve our, our, to define reality and to solve problems, right? But that doesn't, that doesn't work. That's right. And I think another fact is, is talking about the church because we love the church. We're, we're here, you know, we're blessed that we get to serve in this, in the capacity, you know, in the church world. And, and yet, on the other hand, the, these characteristics um, and the percentages of these characteristics of addiction and anxiety and depression are, there's no, there's no difference in the church or out of the church. Mm-hmm. So really, it, it, there's, it's, a, it's, it's really a cry in an op, a cry by God for us as God's people to create an environment in the church of safety mm-hmm. and openness and say, come, come all ye that are weary and heavy laden, that we as God's people are to be the safest place on the planet to invite people in their pain mm-hmm. that, that, you know, come and let's, let's live this together. Let's, let's walk this out together. And that's my hope is that we collectively as the church, not just local church, but the global church, we get to help people see how God meets them in their pain. The pain that they're experiencing right now, it's not just, yay, we get to go to heaven. Yeah. That's a huge, yeah, amazing gift. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's, but salvation is also for right now. And we um, have an, have a, an anchor for our souls right now. And, and so the pain that we're experiencing the lostness or the discouragement, um, Jesus wants to speak to that right now. And he cares about your relationships. He cares about our hearts. He cares about um, the state of our souls and the, the state of our um, our hearts and our minds and wants to meet us right now in this place that we're in. And so I, I, I my hope is that we, we help people to find more accessible pathways to where Jesus meets them in their pain so that they may be healing. Um, and so that's my hope right now, even with this podcast, even so. Absolutely. Yeah. I, to be clear, we all believe that the local church is part of the solution. Yes. We're, we're unafraid to name it as part of the problem, but that doesn't mean that we're, we're fundamentally critical of it. Um, every institution is in need of reformation. Uh, the church is no exception. And in fact, there are certain ways that the church has is is more broken than some other institutions because, as you mentioned, Jeff, we are supposed to be the people of love, grace. You know, we're supposed to embody, Je- yeah, safety. Uh, supposed to embody Jesus's values and his methodology, and to understand that you know this isn't something that it's not a war. I mean, there there is an element of war to it, um, but. We're supposed to love and to care and to invite people to experience the reality of Jesus that you were talking about, Jen, like the here and now reality of, of Jesus. 
So I, I do share that hope. I think that's um, where I want to move us to is uh, unless that you either of you have any other words about defining the crisis, you know, this is trying to answer the why of this podcast. Why is this podcast necessary? Well, I just felt like as we were defining it, um, it's, it's not out there. It's like, That's we're right. all living in it. We're mm-hmm. with, we're with, yes. we're, we're, we're with everyone in this. Like, um, it's not an out there problem that we're sitting here as like outside observers saying, man, culture's a mess. Like we are part of this right. whole mm-hmm. thing. We're experiencing it too. And, um, and like we said earlier, like I, I do, I think that we are flawed disciples who in our, all of our brokenness and our struggles, we're trying to pursue Jesus in the midst of it and really believe what he says is true. And so, um, it's, it's a, it's, we are not sitting here going, well, we have the solution. It is, it is, we collectively are gathering together saying, do you want to come along with us as we, as we take Jesus at his word and we try and pursue, um, what his promises are. Yeah. So this podcast is entitled free to love transforming pain to peace. Um, I think it would be important for us to define, uh, a couple of terms here. What do we mean by freedom? You know, uh, what do we mean by love? What does transformation actually look like? Because as you've both said in your own ways, um, most of us live in our heads, um, and our culture conditions us to live in our heads in a lot of ways, but we're fundamentally embodied people, right? And so I think we need to unpack in some ways the, uh, this, these ideas of what does freedom look like? What does love look like? And what does transformation? So feel free to jump in. Duff, how would you define freedom? Yeah, I mean this is this is a it's a it's a profound question that has so many different ramifications philosophical there's philosophical um, perspective, theological perspective, relational psychological. So it really is a profound question mm-hmm. and at the same time I think why we have embraced this as the title of our podcast is because this is really the essence of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, of the purpose of Christ that he's come that he came not only to preach good news to the poor, but but to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free and those who are in prison to release them from prison. So, I mean that that in Isaiah sixty one is a I think it's a profound message of the mission statement of not only of Jesus of, that the the that the Spirit of God is upon me to do what well is to set the captives free, is this walk them into a freedom, freedom to do what? Freedom to love. And I think from a very simplistic um, kind of definition is that freedom implies choice, mm-hmm. that we do have choices. And we, we are, as human beings, we wherever you are, and I know even if you're struggling, which we all are struggling with some sort of addiction, you still have a choice. Um, even in our brokenness is that we can still choose to get help. We can choose to, we can, we can make a choice to walk to an AAA meeting or walk to the church or walk to counseling to get help. So their choice is at the very, I think choice is the very heart of this. But what I've discovered is that choice without love leads to manipulation, control, and power. So that's why we're attaching 
freedom and choice to love. Because at the essence of the gospel and why we're created is that the, that the compass of our soul is to love. And that's the question that I ask in my small groups and my skills classes. I ask men every, almost every week is that, are you more loving today than you were last week? Are you more loving today than you were? And if not, what are the obstacles that are hindering you from becoming a more loving person? And so the freedom is a journey. It's not, we're, like we said before, it's not a rival but it's we're on that we're on this journey of getting freed up to become more loving people, and so that's what that is at the essence of my life. That is the challenge of my life, and I think we've all come to that reality. We've we're all on that path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think of freedom as chains breaking. I'm totally with you, Jeff. I love that you hearken to Isaiah 61. That is my life verse. That's my really? favorite chapter. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. this, it's exactly, I, that's what I opened up to. Oh, I wow. love it. Um, it is. It's Jesus' mission statement. He's like starting his ministry and he's like, Luke 4, he goes, he quotes Isaiah 61. He's like, this is why I'm here to set the captives free, to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. Like this is, oh my gosh, it's, it's what, I love it. It's what makes me fall in love with him over and over again and again. But Freedom, I think the image that comes to mind is chains breaking, chains of our old patterns, chains of our old selves, chains of lies that have kept us bound up, and chains of trauma. Oh my gosh, the trauma I went through put chains around me that I was just like, you, you can be functional, you can do all sorts of things, but you are living a life of striving and performance because you do not know your purpose and worth and who you really are. And freedom is breaking off those chains. And in that freedom, that new life that you're experiencing, that new breath in your lungs, it is free to love, just like what you were saying, Jeff. And love, I think of as wholehearted. Love is wholehearted and it's holistic. It's not just loving self. It's not, it's loving the Lord and it's loving others. And it in, in, uh, infused into everything. It's a perspective in which you see um, yourself and others in the world around you. Um, love is is that 1 Corinthians 13. Love is, it shifts the way we approach the world around us. Um, and it's, it is holistic. It's not just a head thing. It's not just a heart thing. It is, um, it is in our tone. It is in our demeanor. It is in our and so love brings with it peace. Love brings with it hope and it brings with it joy. And it doesn't just mean like an emotional roller coaster where you're happy all the time. To to love is is a sense of identity um, where you know who you are in the Lord. That even on your worst day, you are a son or a daughter of the living king. And therefore you are unconditionally loved. And you are unconditionally seen and accepted. You have a place, a belonging. You are known and you are uniquely and specifically created, fearfully and wonderfully made who you are. And that is enough because he says so. And he's taking you on a journey that's, that's bringing you more and more um, of who he's called you to be, um, where you get to just live into the fullness of life. So we're on that journey, but it's, um, that's what I think of with free to love, that holistic experience of, of being sons and daughters of, of God. Mm-hmm. 
know, this image comes to mind when I'm listening to you guys talk about freedom and it's that like a time lapse of uh, a tulip, you know, mm-hmm. being for uh, being yeah. going from being closed to to blooming. So this idea of blossoming, you know, flourishing, um, vibrant life, right? Not just getting by, but but really thriving, um, and not just personally, but collectively, right? I think that's something that we all really believe is a value. Is that like, hey, as we as you experience greater degrees of freedom, you can measure that in part by how loving you are. Not and and I hear you saying it in two ways: the external actions, like you can other people can see, hey, you are you're actively loving people through what you do. But more importantly is that internal reality, which is that, oh, actually, the way that you're serving people embodies peace, embodies groundedness. You're not performing. You're not, it's not transactional, right? It's, it's coming from a place of genuine love and concern um, or care for the other people. So, Because you are anchored and centered mm-hmm. because yeah. of what God has done in you. It's that transformation from pain to peace. When yeah. you're operating from that mm-hmm. place, um, you're living from a different um, root, if you will. You're living from a different center mm-hmm. point, and it's a point of truth and hope. Yeah. And I think um, as we want to ground, um, as we ground this reality in, in the uh, life of Jesus is that we know that those who are loved best, love best. Mm. So I can't, I'm not going to be a loving person unless I'm posturing myself to receive love. Mm. And so I understand that I understand that uh, my capacity and ability and desire to want to be a more loving person really comes from my this deep, profound dependency in the Spirit of God, in God's truth, in His Word, of learning to rest in that. Because as you, you said, Joseph, if, if this isn't about performance. It's not just about doing is it also has to do with being. It's learning to understand, as you said, our identity of knowing that who are we and finding our identity as we, as we ground ourselves and rest in God's word and his truth, learning to live in the spirit of God's grace. We tried to, to name the reality that we're all living through. Um, a time fraught with division, polarization, crises of all shapes and sizes. Uh, we've also tried to identify some of what we believe our response is supposed to be, uh, which is to become people, to become more loving people, uh, to say yes to the healing journey. You're going to you listen to this podcast. People are going to hear um, a number of terms. They're going to hear a number of phrases. And, and I love this idea of this invitation to the healing journey. And what is like, what do we hope to accomplish? How, what's going to be the meat of this podcast? And what are next steps that people can do uh, to say yes to that healing journey? Well, I think we're going to break things down a little bit to make it way more accessible. It being the healing journey, it being, being um, stepping stones from the head to the heart. Because I know a lot of people who know a lot of realities about God or about who they are, about what they're supposed to do. And it's all head knowledge. And they're like, I know Jesus loves me. Don't quote scripture to me. I know this. I know he went to the cross. I know these things. Um, But how that actually changes your day-to-day perception of reality, of who you are, 
of those around you, how that impacts you. That's the journey from the head to the heart. And I think what we hope to do with this podcast is um, each episode, take a chunk, um, look at a different piece of um, helpful tools or, or helpful concepts that take us from the head to the heart so that we all feel a little more equipped to grapple with the beautiful truths that God is offering us that will actually that we can put into practice in our lives to give us tangible ways of not experiencing, uh, to heal, mm-hmm. yeah. to move from the pain to the peace. Yeah, yeah, and I um, totally agree with you, Jen, is is this, this practical process going from the head to the heart. And I think uh, the biblical reference to that is really the Great Commission is, you know, Jesus at the end of his... At the end of his mission, you know, he basically says to his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all things I've taught you. So we see this is the mandate, Jesus' mandate to the church is that of is that of making disciples. And so the practical process of transformation is what we all know, and I this has been my journey, is that I need to be committed to relationships. I need to be in relationships, like-minded relationships with other people who love Jesus are going to help me to walk through my own journey and my own pain. And, you know, one of the things that I've, I, you know, when I started writing the, the skills material uh, probably about, you know, 12 years ago is that the question that, uh, that I heard that I started to ponder is, is that are people in the church experiencing deep transformation? Mm-hmm. Are people changing in the church? And I, and I actually, I had to ask myself personally, was I changing? I think for most of my Christian life, and I've had great encounters with God. I've had, I've, I've experienced healing. I mean, I've had great teaching. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've experienced, I'm so blessed that uh, I've had uh, men, men who poured into my life and great experiences, but, you know, and there has been change. I never want to dismiss that there has been growth. However, um, I've come to the realization is that I I just questioned is there are we as the church are we seeing can we measure transformation can we actually pal, you know just be able to practically hold in the hands of the church that we're seeing people going from pain mm-hmm. to peace from from captivity to freedom, you know, from despair to joy. Can we measure that? Can we see that? And I think I'm grateful that I've, I've been seeing that. I've been experiencing that. And I'm beginning to see that uh, as we are engaging and being very intentional on, uh, on creating and moving forward on a holistic, integrative, spiritual discipleship mm-hmm. movement. And I don't want to call it a program, but it really is we're seeing the hand of God, creating what I call an authentic, uh, transparent, safe environment where people can come and be real, grounded in God's truth and in his love. And this is what we're, I think we're seeing this, this revival take place. And so I think as you shared that we want to really share um, and be able to communicate to others what we've been experiencing. That problem of of living in the head, uh, I mean, I, I know I'm a I'm a prime example of that. You know, I've got two degrees in theology and, uh, you know, have sat before more than one counselor or therapist and responded exactly how you, you described Jen. Like, I know this, I know this. Right. But, 
but why do I, why am I such a mess inside? Why uh, do I not experience like God's love, his joy, his peace so often? Why do I constantly feel like I'm carrying around this, this weight of, of shame, you know? Uh, so I, I've experienced some of that and tasted some of that transformation that you talk about, Jeff. And, and yeah, I do. I think that this podcast is our hope is that it would be a catalytic tool for that movement of emotional health, of spiritual health, of connectedness, of community. And you, you mentioned the skills course. And, um, I I think a lot of the people who are going to be listening to this initially will be in those courses, but that's a series of, um, curriculum that you have written, Jeff, kind of pulling together a lot of the best insights of neuroscience and of, uh, psychology, of spirituality, of, um, counseling practices, and trying to walk people through this journey of uh, self-discovery and self, um, awareness to, as you said, move from pain to peace. And, and before we end, uh, that we've used that phrase pain to peace a number of different times. Uh, because there is kind of an underlying modality that is informing a lot of our conversation. Uh, Jen, could you speak to that really quick? Yeah, it comes from the restoration therapy approach. And it is the idea that we all have our, we call it a pain cycle. It's those fundamental foundational uh, lies, if you will, or um, deep wounds uh, there's a number of different synonyms you can use for, but it's that root thing that we carry around in us because of what we've been through, because of our, all these different things. Um, and when those things get triggered, we cope. We're going to make that pain go away the best we know how. And our learned responses, we dabble in all these different coping. Um, we have our go-tos. Most of us, we all, every one of us, we have a pain cycle. We have our go-tos um, when we get when our core deep wounds get triggered and we don't need to live there. That's the point. And that's using these terms. It's, it's kind of common language to help us um, quickly talk about these concepts. Um, And if you've been through the skills, you've been exposed to it a little bit. Um, But if you've not been through the skills, we will talk about it in a way that will invite you into it. Um, But we don't want people to live there. That's the old self. That's the, that's the, Patterns and, and we're, right. we're all about right. Romans 12, right? The transforming of the mind um, to break those old patterns and to break out of that pain cycle into what we call the peace cycle. Um, the peace cycle is where you actually address those those deep, deep lies. You uproot them with the truth of who God is, what he says, what is the actual truth. Um those deep wounds, it's, it's hitting them. So it's not just behavior modification where you're, you're just learning how to cope in a more acceptable way. We're not interested in that. That is just surface level. Yeah. That is not going to heal you. That's just making your white knuckling. That's white knuckling it. That's just making the people around you happier with the way you're coping, but you internally are still miserable and suffering. We're not interested in that. God's not interested in that. He wants to get to the heart of the problem and actually heal you in your deep, deep wounds. And that is what we call the peace cycle. Because when you know who you are, when you know how you are loved, when you know your purpose and what you were created to do, when you know that there's value and worth to your life, you don't cope the same ways. You don't need to cope at all. You're actually able, you feel more empowered to confront those lies and those trigger things because those triggers are still going to come. They're still going to get activated, but we just have a different response to it. We confront it with the truth um, 
that we believe deeply in our hearts, not just our heads. And out of that, we live as different people. We are nurturing people. We are kinder people. We are more forgiving people. We are people who engage instead of escape. We are people who um, are relaxed and able to let go um, because we trust. We trust more freely than feeling like we have to white knuckle and only depend on ourselves. So that's, that's the, the pain cycle to the peace cycle in a nutshell. That's the terminology. Um, our shortcut to that is to say transforming from pain to peace. And that's what we're going to be diving into and talking about because man, that is freedom. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I, the way I, Jen, I did a great job expressing and explaining that. Uh, the way I look at it is it's a modality that it was established by Dr. Terry and Sharon Hargrave from Fuller. And they've had a great, wonderful people, and uh, they've had a great impact, in, I know, in my life and Robin's life. Um, and the way I look at it is that it's kind of like a GPS system. It's an internal GPS system that we can, that we can use uh, as a tool as an instrument to help us walk out of our old self and walk into, as you said, just reinforcing what we're saying, into a place of walking into our true identity of who we are in, in Jesus Christ. So it really gives it's us a, it's that new self. And it, so it gives us a roadmap. Uh, and there's many, many different tools. There's, and, and there's a lot of different modalities that are very effective. And this is one that we have discovered to be very, very helpful. That's been impacting people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Uh, the fruit of its effectiveness is, you know, seen in all sorts of people's lives. And, and it's also, I mean, it's a certified, um, like psychological modality as well, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not just, uh, something that somebody came up with. It's been pretty rigorously vetted and proven to be effective. Research-based oriented. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, my friends, I think we've been at it for about an hour now, and so we should probably wrap it up. Uh, I know everybody's got busy lives. Um, so before we end, though, any any parting thought, um, any word of hope for people uh, as we launch this podcast? Whoever is listening, they need to know that they're not alone mm-hmm. and that there is hope and they don't have to go it alone. They don't have to go on that journey by themselves. And uh, we really genuinely want to invite them into something more. God has more. God has more for all of us. God yes. has more. His kingdom is alive and well, and it is ready to just shake things up mm-hmm. in the best ways. So we're not meant to live live the way we've been living. We're not meant to live in pain. Yes. So here we go. And we want to invite people into our community, bring, invite people into, into a community of authenticity and transparency and vulnerability, and they can come just as they are. And, um, and we're, we're grateful that, um, that we've not only experienced in our own hearts and souls, this journey of freedom to love, we're in that process. And, but we have a whole community, we have a whole culture that are really um, embracing those values of brokenness and humility. And so we do want to invite people that there is hope. And we want to invite people into the journey of that God can bring you out of your despair and out of your woundedness to brokenness and living and accepting yourself in light of your own deficiencies, knowing because God loves you and he is so in love with you and he's always pursuing you and he never leaves you. And so that's, that is really at the heart of our message is that God is a gracious, loving father who is pursuing us 
and never gives up. Well, Jeff, Jen, thanks so much for sitting down, having this conversation. I'm so excited for <laughs> what's to come, all of the uh, conversations that we're going to get into and been really honest and vulnerable with each other in our own lives, but also digging really deeply into some of this content so that we can empower and equip people to take whatever that next step is in their healing journey. Um, I love that you laid out that invitation and because for some people, the next step is just listening to this podcast, right? Um, they may not be ready to go see a, a therapist or a counselor. Um, they also may not believe that they really need this. They may not be in crisis, right? Um, they just might be curious. So some people might be just listening to this podcast and following along with us. Um, but for some people, maybe they are in crisis. And uh, this is a call to, hey, there's resources out there. There's tons of resources here at our church, northcoastcalvarychapel.org. <laughs> I didn't mean to say the website there, but uh, North Coast Calvary <laughs> Chapel. Um, also, you know, Jeff's got the relationship resource, which is a, a nonprofit too, that's helped to um, disseminate a bunch of this. So there's all sorts of resources that we can get people plugged into, um, but just whatever that next step is. So to all of you who have stuck with us thus far, um, welcome officially welcome to the free to love podcast uh, the journey of transforming pain to peace i hope you have a great week thanks for listening to today's episode if you have questions or need help or for more information about how to take the next step in your healing journey please feel free to email us at ftlpod at northcoastcalvary.org or head over to the relationshipresource.org to learn about what classes and resources are available to support you. A big thanks to North Coast Calvary Chapel and the Relationship Resource for making this podcast possible. Our podcast was directed and produced by Joseph Carlson and edited by Nate King. Original music by the one and only Brian McMaster. <laughs>